It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I think AJ's worked hard. He's ready to get back to work, and uh, hopefully we'll get to work in the rest of this week. We're going to hold him today so you can everybody can relax, okay? <laughs> you don't need to be on the Adrian Green watch. I'll, I'll give you a scoop there. <laughs> I do expect him to practice the rest of this week. If he feels good enough to go, and we judge him good to go by our eyes, then he'll be good to go. What up? Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast, a Thanksgiving Eve edition of this podcast. I'm James Erpine, and I sure as hell am thankful for each and every one of you for tuning in daily to listen to Locked On Bengals. We have a great show lined up today. Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns, going to join me in about five minutes or so to talk all things Bengals-Browns preview this weekend's matchup and what uh, is likely our final podcast of the week. A quick reminder, you can follow on Twitter at James Rapine at LockedOnBengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. You heard there Marvin Lewis talking about A.J. Green. Could A.J. return? I sure as hell hope so. I sure as hell hope he can return because if not... The Bengals might be 5-6 and six on Monday or on Sunday at 4.30 when I'm getting ready to do a Locked on Bengals podcast, post-game edition. The last thing I want is the Bengals have lost five, and six, 5 out of their last 6, and they are now 5-6 and six on the year. Can't happen. Better not happen. If it happens, Marvin Lewis might be it. Should be. I'm serious. You cannot, and I'm not saying that they're going to, but you cannot go 5-6 and six by losing to the Browns. Period. You can't do it. Marvin Lewis, his future, there should be pressure there. I've been told there's pressure there. I think that's why the Terrell Austin move happened. All right, Marv. Better tell your defense how to tackle. And you better find a way to get the ball to your weapons on offense. By God, if they can't do that. I'm serious. It's going to make me mad. And uh, A.J. Green, we'll see if he could come back. It would be a huge lift to an offense that desperately needs him. I said this uh, earlier today on ESPN 1530. You know what I'm sick of? I'm so sick of having a an offensive play caller, and it's been three years now, and a quarterback that if A.J. Green goes down, it's like the world stops. It can't be that way. Like most offenses, the Atlanta Falcons, no, they're not as good without Julio Jones. They can survive. They can survive a little bit. I mean, my God. A.J. Green's out. Oh, we're screwed. What Can, can you be better? Andy, can you survive without him? Bill Lazor, can you figure out how to get a screen pass to Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard? Can you find a way to get number 15 John Ross in space? Can we do that? Instead, and you'll hear it on Locked On Bengals, Locked On Browns crossover. Again, Jeffrey Lloyd coming up in just a few minutes. You're going to hear me talk about A.J. Green and his value to the team. 
And I recorded, it's about 2 o'clock Eastern time. I recorded this with Jeff about 10 a.m. And I had uh, some radio duties after that, so I didn't get to post it right away. And, and I do my normal lead-in like I'm doing now and all that stuff and getting it ready. And, and I'm like, man, I, I was kind of negative on the Bengals, but I think they deserve it. And I know that this time of year, and I'm, I'm thankful for all of you, and I love my job and, and everything, all of that stuff, absolutely. But my God, they're frustrating, aren't they? The Bengals are frustrating as hell. So, no, they better win on Sunday, I, with or without A.J. Green. you, you got to be able to find a way to win without A.J. Green. And I know some of you are going to probably tweet me records or, oh, well, they did. They have technically won without A.J. I know they've won without A.J. Green, but not consistently. A.J. is essentially their quarterback. I, honestly, I mean, A.J. is essentially their quarterback, where it ends and the offense stops. Well, it doesn't have to stop, and it better not stop. Even if A.J. Green can't play, he's expected to practice the rest of the week, taking today off, according to Marvin Lewis, and then after that, we'll take the field. That should be quite interesting. Hopefully, A.J. Green will be out there. More on Twitter, at James Erpain. And at Locked On Bengals. Up next, Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns will join us. Really good stuff. I caught up with him earlier today in a crossover edition. We talked about Hugh Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, Sunday's game, gave predictions, and so much more. But first, a word from the official brewery of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I was there last week during the Bengals game. I had one of their awesome Blood orange beers. I went with my Belgian blonde next because, well, I love their Belgian blonde. It is amazing. And regardless, win, lose, holiday football games are always better with a few cold beers shared among friends and family. And no beer is better for the holiday get together than Wiedemann's Fine Craft Beers from the Wiedemann Brewery in historic downtown St. Bernard. Wiedemann's is the official brewery of Locked On Bengals. And in addition to the Bengals games on all of their TVs, they offer live music, a great menu of burgers, wings, salads, appetizers. They just revamped their menu, by the way, and added even more options. If you haven't had Geta, if you're an out-of-towner and you haven't had Geta, try it at Wiedemann's because it's really good. And if you have had Geta, well, then go with the Geta Melt because, well, it was amazing. I didn't even know about it. I go there. I see it on the menu. I grab it, and it was great. Uh, tonight's live music features the interns, a high-energy, hardworking trio that plays a wide-ranging mix of classic and contemporary rock and roll. Jimi Hendrix, Cream, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the interns take the stage tonight, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Black Friday brings the legendary Warsaw Falcons back to Wiedemann's with their unique brand of rock and blues. Ricky Nye's piano opens the show along with super saxophonist Brian Boss Hogg. Come early. The show starts at 6. Stick around. You're not going to be disappointed at all. And then John Ford returns on Sunday at 5 following the Bengals. Hopefully win over the Browns. Come on down. Celebrate the Bengals' victory potentially. I'm not trying to jinx it. The, the script they sent me is is saying, oh, the Bengals win. I hope they win. I'm not going to jinx them here because you guys will get mad. But go there, watch the Bengals, stay for John Ford, a blues guitarist, at 5 p.m. While you're there, do some holiday shopping, by the way. They released their first batch of beer in cans. So pick up a few six-packs, great craft brews. They got T-shirts, ball caps, scarves, glasses. I hope to see you there. I love going there. It's a stop that I'm going to make. As many times as I can while I'm still in Cincinnati. 
And then when I go up to Cleveland, obviously my family's here. This is my hometown. I'll still be rooting on the Bengals. Every time I stop back, I'm going to go to Wiedemann's. I'm going to go have a cold beer. I'm going to go get a get melter I'm going to go have a burger, which I love. That's what I'm going to do. You should try it. Tell them I sent you. Again, Wiedemann's is the official brewery of the Locked on Bengals podcast. For more, go to Wiedemann'sFineBeer.com. They're also on Facebook. You can Google them. They're just 10 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. Go there. Enjoy it. You won't regret it. It's Wiedemann's Fine Beer. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's dive into it. Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns joined me earlier today. We talk Browns, Bengals, and so much more. Here is our conversation. I appreciate the time. This is our first time actually chatting on a podcast. I'm excited. Yes, it is. Um, you know, it's you know funny. You know, meeting so late in the year here. Obviously, you know, two meetings over. You know, the next six games here between the Browns and the Bengals. Um, two franchises. You know, one on the up, one right now at five and five, and your Bengals. You know, kind of figuring out which way this season is going to go for them. Uh, you know, a lot of fun storylines between the rivalry. Uh, <laughs> an old friend of Cincinnati's is back in Cincinnati. We'll get to all that, and of course, everybody. Uh, you know, look. I mean, Thanksgiving week. Why not wrap it off on Sunday? with a nice old rivalry of Bengals and Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's just a fun week ahead. And, I mean, you know, for me, Thanksgiving, I get to go to two separate houses. I get two separate meals, <laughs> three football games now on the docket. Just a fun, fun stretch of four days coming up here. No doubt about that. By the way, you could follow if you're uh, looking for Locked on Bengals on Twitter at Locked on Bengals at James Erpine. And, and where can listeners find you at, Jeff? Obviously, you know, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. We always keep that, everybody, a follow-back account. It's the best way for me to interact with the fans. I've gotten great show ideas. I've actually gotten some guests, to, some really big guests to come onto the show through fan interaction, so I keep that a follow-back. My personal Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, you know, a lot of football there. You're going to get some dad moments, uh, pictures of my daughters, <laughs> things like that. You're going to get some food and a Friday night picture of my beers or whatever like that. But, uh, you know, just like to keep it, you know, keep it fun there and try to keep the Locked On Browns more just strictly social to the game and the team. Yeah, I will be having plenty of beers tomorrow on Thanksgiving. No doubt about that. Beers, mixed drinks, etc. It's going to be a fun day. Um, let's dive into this. You mentioned the rivalry. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, an old friend returning to Cincinnati. He's, he's He was a foe when he was up there, and he, he's a foe now. Hugh Jackson is back in Cincinnati, uh, assistant to, to Marvin Lewis. I, I kind of think that this is overrated. I'm not sure with all the tape out there and everything that, that these coaches can do and break down, how much can you really help and how much insight can he actually give the Bengals in this matchup? Well, it's certainly interesting. And like we were talking a little bit before the show, um, over the last two weeks, Brashard Perriman, obviously, you know, labeled as this colossal NFL bust. Um, Freddie Kitchens is decided to put him into the rotation and see what he's got. Um, look, he's not killing it by any stretch of the imagination, but over the last two weeks, he does have more total yardage 
from scrimmage than Jarvis Landry does. Um, Freddie Kitchens himself, uh, you know, he was a guy that was very way down on the staff when Hugh was let go and when Todd Haley was let go. Um, the offense, the offense has looked really good the last two weeks, put over over 20 points. Obviously, the Chiefs Falcons, neither one of them are dominant defenses, which we saw Monday night from this Chiefs defense. But still, this is a young team, and now they saw two weeks in a row. They're putting up over 20 points a game. But then you go to the Falcons game, where they led the game pretty much from the beginning of the second quarter and just went ahead and closed it out. Young guys, you know, gaining confidence. Um, Baker Mayfield uses pretty much, you know, if you want to say, you know, like the – like the artist who holds all his paint. He's using every part of the palette. Every wide receiver is getting a little bit of look. Obviously now Duke Johnson all of a sudden had a witness protection program <laughs> getting into the you know rotation again. Nick Chubb has turned out to be an excellent selection. So, I mean, he was just he was seeing some guys play that weren't playing under him. I mean, I don't know what he's going to offer there. I mean, obviously he can give you mannerisms and, oh, this is the type of route this guy kind of likes. But even still, there was talk, and it's been leaked out now in the spring and such, when Todd Haley was doing the extra work with the guys installing the offense, Hugh Jackson was not attending those meetings. So, I mean, there's some he can offer, but what we've seen the last two weeks from Freddie Kitchens, I don't think there's much he can offer other than just what he sees on tape, just like anybody else in that Cincinnati Bengal you know, headquarters is looking at. It, you know, it's a totally different offense the last two weeks than anything that had been run in the time that Hugh Jackson was in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think that in the, the thing that might be the biggest here, and I know motivation. Both teams should be motivated. The Bengals, their season's on the line. The Browns still trying to prove themselves and battle back in it. Coming off of a bye, they should be, play well at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. But but I think, if anything, if you're the Browns, I know bulletin board material, that can be overrated as well. But your old head coach is now, it went across the you know three hours south to, to a division rival, went back home to Cincinnati, as people have been deeming it. That That, to me... If I'm a Browns player, I'd be pissed off and I'd want to show him that, you know, that that he made the mistakes and he didn't put us in a position and that he's the one who was wrong and uh and go beat him. I think that there's a little motivation there. There's a lot of motivation there and <laughs> this started after the after the Charger loss. You know, I you talking with some guys who were in the building, they be beat writers, guys who cover the team. You know, Miles Garrett was out the door quickly. Jabril Peppers was out the door quickly. These guys were not happy. Uh, then the Tampa game came. They should have won the Tampa game. They could have gotten a field goal right before halftime. They didn't. Um, a fourth and one play from the goal line. You had Nick Chubb in his first start. Looked outstanding. They ran a QB sneak with Baker Mayfield. A lot of people are like, oh, man, I can't believe we lost to a 58-yard field goal in overtime. Well, no. If he had gotten the field goal at the end of the first half or he had ran Nick Chubb on fourth and inches at the goal line, you would have never been into overtime. So, and then that, and then they went into Pittsburgh, absolutely just laid an egg. It, it, it was time for everything to change. And look, these guys are motivated. They like what they're doing. Greg Williams, it, it, as much as his reputation as it is in the league, and it's not all, you know, very, it's not really good in, you know, and as far as a lot of NFL teams are concerned. I think these young guys kind of like the fact that Greg carries a little bit of an outlaw image. So they know what they're dealing with. And that's the thing with Greg Williams. He's not going to BS you on anything. He's straight up honest. You may not like what he's going to tell you, but he's honest about it. And these guys, young guys, the more and more, uh, you know, these guys, the way they go through college and all the ball they play in high school and the sevens on sevens, they want the honesty. They can deal with that. What they can't deal with is the deception because then you end up in a position of who do I trust, who can I trust, things of that nature. Right now, they're all on one page. And I mean, I've even been joking, you know, there's going to come a point somewhere where somebody's going to get near that sideline. And if you remember, remember the Titans with the Gary Bertier pointing at the opposing coach, somebody's going to be staring Hugh down when they make a play on that sideline and let them know, hey, look, 
you may have held this all back here, but look, it's all about the greater good now and, you know, positive and moving on upward in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think that that dynamic is so interesting, and it was the most um, easy, easily predicted thing ever. I, I came on, the, the Hugh News was announced at, I don't know, it was broke by, I think it was Adam Schefter was the first one on it, like 11.30 or so Eastern time when he got fired back in October. And I went on at noon discussing how he could return here to Cincinnati because it just seemed like a foregone conclusion that it was going to happen. And he went on that media tour, and he comes back, and it's just, I don't know how much he can help. And it really feels like, and this is, I know my listeners will be very interested in this, and your listeners have probably complained for the past two and a half years. It's, it feels like Hugh Jackson's going to replace Marvin Lewis as head coach of the Bengals. It feels like that's a foregone conclusion. What are they getting if Hugh Jackson is the next coach of the Bengals? Well, I mean, if you're going to base it off what we saw for two and a half years of Cleveland, it's tough, and, and this is one of the things that drives me nuts about some of these franchises in the NFL. They just refuse to change their ways. Look, you can't just go to the store and pick up a Sean McVay. Everybody would if you could. But when you just, you know, you know it's basically you, all right, we're going to get rid of vanilla, and we're going to go with vanilla light. Like, they don't change what wasn't working. They just change the person who it wasn't working with, but bring in the same type of person and try to go and stray the same course. Hugh Jackson isn't much different than Marvin Lewis. He can kind of keep you around. Granted, he doesn't have the record of the success Marvin did at some times. But if you want to give the job to Hugh Jackson, that's great. But Andy Dalton, who's a guy who's shown there's times where he can be really good, there's times where he holds the team back. We, you know, Hugh Jackson, who's run over pretty much any player that it didn't work out for, you know, almost basically buried and killed Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser's career as a 21-year-old rookie, Hugh is never the one to take the blame and take the onus on himself. And even in one of these interviews, oh, well, maybe the offense wasn't there yet because Baker wasn't what we expected yet. And then you see what Baker did the last two weeks. If he wants to be successful in this league, he's got to learn at the end of the day, it's his head that's on the line. And that was the mistake I had with, in disagreement I had with them bringing him back after 1-31. in He just can't. It's 1-31. in It was just that bad. And, you know, you could improve the product, but sometimes improving the product, it's just going to show the deficiencies that the head coach had even more. Um, and the Bengals are in a, in a tough spot right now. I mean, you've got some talent. You've got a question mark. You know, are we going to continue to run with Andy Dalton here? Uh, you've got a guy like A.J. Green who, you know, now getting towards the prime, you know, prime later on in his career. Is he being wasted in, you know, non-playoff seasons and things of that nature? I, I just, just Hugh the guy is a guy that makes – I just don't know if I can trust him because you've got to understand that it, it's your name on this product. And that's where Hugh kind of backed away a lot in the things, oh, i got to watch the tape, and, oh, well, why didn't you call a timeout there before the second half to rest your defense so that, you know, you didn't give up a score right before half. I didn't really think about that at the time. Things of that nature just drive you crazy because now with everything, these guys are all, these coaches are all over everything. What are my timeouts? What can I do? How can I help here? How can I help there? And Hugh Jackson just was not that type of head coach, a little bit too old school in his thinking for this modern day of the NFL. This is the Locked On Browns, Locked On Bengals podcast. Jeff Lloyd, James Rapine with you. Yeah, I, I've complained a lot about Marvin Lewis. Um, and really, you watch Monday Night Football and you see the – the offenses and how innovative these coaches are. You watch Matt Nagy, and I think as a Browns fan, it has to be exciting because it seems like you have your quarterback now. You're going to have, hopefully, a well-thought-out, well-in-depth 
head coaching search to find the next Matt Nagy, to find the next offensive mind or just really high-end head coach here. And if you do that in today's NFL and you have your quarterback, everything else is history. I think you're going to be successful. So I think as a Browns fan right now, they're trending up in the Bengals. While I do think they still have a chance at the playoffs, certainly trending downward with a coach. Get this, Jeff. Marvin Lewis was hired in 2003. I was 12 years old when he was hired as Bengals head coach. He's still here. <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't even married. I have now celebrated my 14th wedding anniversary. <laughs> my oldest daughter is going to be 12 on Saturday. That's how long Marvin Lewis has been there. And look, Marvin Lewis was good in the beginning. Um, but the other thing, though, is even if you're going to change the head coach right now for the Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to go sell this product. And this is one of the reasons the Browns didn't do it last year. How were you going to sell that product to a head coach last January, last February? What were you selling? What was your selling point? Mm-hmm. We got Miles Garrett. We got a couple <laughs> of defensive players. Beyond that, but now here's the thing. You know, okay, well, you know, we have Andy Dalton and, you know, every, any head coach. Eh, eh, you know, do I really want to be a head coach? Or do I want to be a head coach where I know, man, this job is so good. It looks so prime to be successful. You know, this is a great opportunity. Or, man, am I going to be looking for work again in 20 months? So that's the tough sell of it right now with this Bengal franchise. I mean, there is a, you know, you've got a lot, you know, uh, defensively, the secondary. Obviously, you know, you got some pass rushers on the defensive line. You know, uh, Malik Jefferson, a younger linebacker who should be playing more. There's some pieces there. But if you're going to sell a head coaching position, usually the biggest sell is who you've got under center. No doubt about that. I'm James Erpine. He is Jeff Lloyd. This is a Locked On Bengals and Locked On Browns crossover edition. We've got to take a quick time out to tell you about Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing get heat on demand with the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. The clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panel similar to that of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. They can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing Action Heat clothing. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday list. They provide warmth and comfort for your whole body, including jeans, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Perfect for football games. Perfect for the winter weather, tailgating, so much more. It's available. Men's, women's has great new styles right now. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. And right now, there's a special offer just for listening to Locked On Bengals. You're going to get 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. Again, actionheat.com slash locked on. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on to check out uh, or at checkout rather to save 20%. Stay toasty, warm while you enjoy all of your outdoor activities with Action Heat. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Again, actionheat.com slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jeff, I remember, I think back to draft night, and the Browns, they go with um, they go with Baker Mayfield first overall, which I was so excited about. I thought it was the right decision, even though ESPN was pushing Sam Darnold, and I, I think Sam Darnold might be a good quarterback, but it just seems like Baker w- was the best of all of them, and he's got the it factor, and I think the it factor matters, especially when you have the talent. I think he has both. And then they go get Denzel Ward, I like that pick, too. I I thought it made a lot of sense. That was the one that got a lot of criticism. Both players, though, showing their promise. I mean, I look at that Browns draft, and I know Corbett hasn't played much yet, but, I mean, you have Chubb, you have Mayfield, you have Ward. They nailed the draft in April, didn't they? They did very well, and we're not even bringing up a guy like Jannard Avery, who they got in the fifth round. A lot of people had him as almost a top 75, top 80 player. The thing was, is you didn't understand. You know, some people viewed him as a traditional linebacker, the, the Browns viewed him more as, here's a guy like an Elvis Doomerville, a little bit smaller defensive end, but gets the job done there. And I think that's eventually where his home is going to be. Uh, the Ward selection over Bradley Chubb, you already had Miles Garrett. Exactly. Who, you know, he, he is elite. He is that good. Cornerbacks, you had, you brought in a bunch of veterans, but they who are who they were. EJ Gaines was a good player, forever hurt. EJ Gaines right now, sadly, two concussions within like an 18-day period out for the season. You know, so EJ Gaines remained the guy that you had the question marks about whether or not his durability was going to hold up. Terrence Mitchell was a good signing. I mean, he, for when he played the first three games, I'm sorry, first four games, was creating turnovers. You get that out of your number two cornerback, that's gold. But I think they just said, you want to know what? We need the number one guy. We'll let everything else fill in out for there. But the other thing was it was setting up you know, your levels of your defense. You had your dominant defensive lineman in Miles Garrett. Larry Ogunjobi, no slouch either. Uh, Joe Schobert, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. The time he was injured here for Cleveland, it showed massively. Uh, you know, not an all-world athlete, but he will do his assignment, and he will do it to the absolute letter. Fantastic guy. I tell everybody, if you were going to draft guys individually from the Browns defense, Joe Schobert would go fourth, fifth, maybe sixth. But he is the most important person. Everybody is in line where they need to be because of Joe Schobert. But now you add Denzel Ward to that secondary, and you've got meat at each part of your defensive. You know, the line, the linebacking crew, and the secondary. The Demarius Randall trade was fantastic. He's been fantastic as a free safety. There's also been some games where he's played corner. They use him against bigger guys. I mean, if A.J. Green does play Sunday, I wouldn't be shocked if you see him You know, at some reps with A.J. Green. They like to let these big receivers kind of just get what they're going to get. Uh, Mike Evans went for, you know, I think he went for like seven or eight for like 112, didn't score a touchdown. Randall does a nice job of just keeping those guys in front of him and not giving up the big, big play. So you could see some reps there. But they've got meat now at all their positional groups, some really good guys. And now you just go in and you just find and fill a couple of holes. It's not like going to Costco anymore. Now they can just run to the market and grab a couple of things in the offseason. Yeah. And that to me, 
It's something I've been very critical of uh, of the Bengals is is not being aggressive. I think aggressive wins in the NFL and, and going out and going to the market when you have a need, going out and making a trade when you know A.J. Green's injured and you don't know how serious it is and you don't really trust John Ross yet and there's no one really outside of Tyler Boyd that the offense and Andy Dalton trusts. Here's, here's what I think is interesting, though, is Andy Dalton, the Bengals are so, – some have said – they're stuck in quarterback purgatory, and I remember that a couple years ago. Someone brought that up, and it's it's really true when they don't have A.J. Green. Like, if they don't have A.J. Green on Sunday, and I'll know more later this week, and I, maybe later today, depending. I do think he's going to play, but who knows. But if A.J. Green doesn't play, I'm picking the Browns to win. And that, to me, cannot be the case if you have a quarterback who's 30 years old, who's been to a Pro Bowls, and, and he was one of the alternates and ended up being a pro bowler. But still, he's a pro bowl quarterback. And and if he really is a, a true franchise quarterback, he should be able to win without A.J. Green. And I can't trust him to do that. And when you have an organization that's not aggressive and going to address issues, and you have a quarterback that's comes up short, and you have an offense that isn't overly innovative in, in, in a league where offenses are innovative, it's just been the perfect storm where, where the Bengals went from 4-1 and one to 5-5, five and five. and without A.J. Green on Sunday, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm picking the Browns if Green doesn't play. Uh, if A.J. Green were to play this game and it were in Cleveland, I think I would take Cleveland regardless. I just love the energy that's come out the, the, the last two weeks. The bye week, uh, you know, these guys were good hanging out together. Uh, they've been doing, you know, the good community things this week with it being Thanksgiving, going, handing out meals, big smiles. These, guys, these aren't token smiles. These guys are truly enjoying it. I mean, they understand the Cavaliers are in a tough place. The Indians, you know, might be, you know, moving on from some talent. And they understand that they might be the hot ticket right now in Cleveland. And a lot of that happens, obviously, when you have your quarterback. It's just fun to see where they're at. Look, A.J. Green is just creates a big, big issue. You know, there's only five or six guys in the league where you look over and you say, all right, well, if he's playing and that's that wide receiver, that changes the entire game plan. And, but A.J. Green does provide you know, a lot more easier opportunities for everybody else on that team. And like you said with Andy Dalton, though, you know, he's had his shot and gotten the playoffs. It's not worked out there. And quarterback purgatory is one thing. I mean, but, and, you know, like he kind of similar to the Giants, granted Eli and they, they've won two Super Bowls, but it's like, is he just good enough right now? Or do we need somebody who's you know better or, or, or younger or just ready? I mean, are we just, you know, kind of frolicking along the highway here? Or are we full guns ablazing? And, you know, that's what you get with some of these franchises. And the Bengals have been notorious for this, you know. Did you need to make a move? Did you maybe need to trigger something? Maybe so. And even still, if you brought in Amari Cooper or went some big splash thing to try to win now, at least your fan base is excited and they're mm-hmm. juiced for it. Just, uh, you know, well, hopefully A.J. Green will be back and then we'll figure it out where he is. He doesn't play. They lose. They're five and six. You've got five games to go. What do you maybe need to win? Three, four to get in the playoffs? It just puts your team in a tough spot doing that. They're doing business the way they do. Yeah, it, it, and it, they. I think they have to win four. And since they lost at Baltimore – I, I think at Pittsburgh's already a loss. I think at uh, the Chargers is a loss. So you have to win at Cleveland. You have to sweep the Browns. Like that. That's the path to the playoffs, and that's so much easier said than done, especially when you have Baker Mayfield, who I, lo- I love his game. And when he came in for Tyrod Taylor on Thursday night football and he, he delivered, and it was, just, it was such a, a fun game to watch. I'm not going to pretend and act like I've watched every single Baker May- Mayfield snap this season. I haven't, but... What have you seen from him? Is he been as advertised from afar? It seems like it. 
But uh, what are your impressions of Baker Mayfield? Well, that was the thing, because, I mean, we literally, uh, I'd say by Halloween last year, we talked quarterbacks. I mean, I was doing one draft show per week, and it was <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, and we talked the death out of this. Uh, most of the guys I had on and, and felt Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in this draft. You know, so, but you know, some people also felt at 23, that put him there. Obviously, with everybody else, they were all 21. And this was one of the things that it came out, why they decided to go with Baker Mayfield was a little bit older, a little bit more wiser, and Baker Mayfield didn't care that the Browns were no good. He didn't care that they were 1-31. The more he looked at it, the more he said, all right, let's go. It sounds to me like you need to change this, and I'm going to do it. And, you know, and also, you know, John Dorsey, kind of, there were some whispers. We drafted the guy who could maybe handle the dysfunction the best. And Baker did, and I think he realized, you know, once he became the starting quarterback, that, wow, this, this isn't going well. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes made. And now that the changes were made, he's just, I mean, once he got on to the field as a quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, he wasn't just the best quarterback. He was the best player on offense. And it's, he is doing everything he can ask. Look, every now and then there's a mistake. There's a hiccup. Look, there's going to be. He's had a game or two where it's like, oh, you know, some throws. And he's got to learn to take a little bit more of the easier throws. It's not going to be like college where you can just say, all right, I'll, you know what, that's open. But I, I, I feel good about getting a 45-yard gain here. He's got to learn that sometimes six, seven yards completion is still a win at the end of the day. And that's going to change. You know, obviously he's going to get that as he goes on and on. But as far as everything he's done, you know, and everybody rallies to him, people just gravitate to him. He's got that personality. And the other thing is he puts in the work, and that's what you respect, and that's what you want when a guy, your quarterback opens his mouth. Everybody else in that locker room wants to be able to look at him and say, all right, well, if he's doing it, everything needs to be done. We're going to listen. We're no slack in here. Everybody on the same page, day in, day out, put in your work. No doubt. It looks like the Browns have figured out the quarterback position. I've liked what I've seen from Baker Mayfield, and I think he's only going to get better. He's Jeff Lloyd. I'm James Rapine. It is great to be with you here on a Locked On Bengals, Locked On Browns crossover. Up next, we're going to give our predictions for Sunday's matchup at Paul Brown Stadium. But first, a word from my bookie, because where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell all of our listeners to. Use my bookie. They're your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is amazing. I love using it. Lay down some cash. Win big today with my bookie online. I'd only recommend something that's been good to me. I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. They have in-game betting, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now at my bookie. We'll match your deposit dollar. For a dollar with promo code locked on twenty five. Again, promo code locked on twenty five gets your first dep- deposit matched dollar for dollar. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on twenty five when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jeff, the Bengals' defense last week gave up 265 yards to Lamar Jackson, a a, a guy by the name of Gus, who no one ever heard of, and Gus Edwards, and now everyone's flocking to the waiver wire in their fantasy leagues. That's right. That's right. Uh, but that, baby. You knew him? You knew him? Because I, I don't think many people did. I, he, knew, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I knew of him. I, I, I knew, he, I, I, I thought he was on a practice squad in Baltimore. I had no idea. And then I was like, oh my God, Gus Edwards? And I'll tell you right now, he barely played at Rutgers too. Sometimes you get those <laughs> weird running backs. You just, you know, yeah. like, I mean, he'll never have maybe the career of a priest Holmes, but a guy that was out of school, never really did much, gets his chance to shine. And that's kind of what happened with Mr. Gus Edwards. Yeah, it, it did. And it's embarrassing if you're defensive, new defensive coordinator yeah, Marvin is. Lewis. Lamar Jackson, it, it was given. It was a given that they're going to try to beat you with Lamar Jackson's legs and the rushing attack, and they did so. So looking ahead to this game, I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, and it's not close. I think Nick Chubb is better than Mr. Gus. So if I'm the Browns offense, I'm excited for this <laughs> matchup. Yeah, look, I mean, Nick Chubb here, he's gotten a lot of work lately, but now we're coming off the bye. Um, they finally, finally decided to use Duke Johnson some more. Um, and this is even the fun thing that Freddie Kitchens has done here. Um, uh, the Atlanta game, he ran a series where he ran three or four plays in a row out of the wishbone set, just doing some different things. And, look, that's what keeps young guys engaged. And, you know, when you're going to your third tailback and saying, no, 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 you're out there too, all three is, and you're just trying to do some fun stuff, keeping everybody involved. Um, you know, that's stuff you like to see. And there's a good shot. You're going to see some crazy stuff again this week. Uh, what was it? Monday night football. I think we saw somebody running the T formation, just, you know, have a little fun and everybody gets into it. It also gives everybody a chance to feel like they're contributing. Um, I do feel really good about it. Nick Chubb, you know, know, relaxed, fresh now, you know, he should get his 20 to 25. He's starting to find his way as a, with a role in the receiving game, caught a touchdown pass against Atlanta. I think he had three catches for almost 30 yards finding a way to show to be a true proven number one back, but you still got Duke Johnson, who's incredible in his role as a receiver and an outside stretch runner, you know, toss plays, stuff like that, where he excels. So it's going to be fun. I do like the matchup. Um, you know, obviously a car Lawson out for Cincinnati, that makes things a little bit easier. I am a little bit concerned still about the tackle play. There's times where these guys just, you know, aren't competent. Greg Robinson has played better than Desmond Harrison, but that by no means means he's been playing adequate at the left tackle position. <laughs> Chris Hubbard, I think right now it looks like Chris Hubbard did just enough in a limited role with Pittsburgh to fool somebody into giving him a bigger contract. Um, he's you know maybe about 290 on a good day. Maybe he will be 290 Sunday after Thanksgiving, but he's been having a rough, rough season at the right tackle. Interior offensive line for the Browns has been fantastic. The tackle play, is, it's, it's, it's not even been average on either side by any of the three guys who have played. Yeah, and that, that would be, going into this game, obviously I think that the Bengals are vulnerable. They've lost four of five. I also think it's a must win for them. You get to five and six, you're not making the playoffs. So there's a lot of pressure here on them to get the win. 
And I, I think that it, it should be a really good game. I know I've, I've leaned in, in, in kind of ripped on the Bengals a lot during this podcast, but at the same time, Andy Dalton back against the wall, he should respond, right? I would assume that this offense would find a way to score semi-consistently. They only had one really long drive last week against Baltimore. That cannot be the case on Sunday. And I think it'll be very interesting. You're right. The Bengals' defense has struggled, and it's probably the biggest surprise all season of this year, to get pressure. So can they get after the the Browns' tackles? Can Carlos Dunlap get after it? Can Geno Atkins maybe up the middle get after it? If so, then I think they have a good shot. Obviously, you got Sam Hubbard. you got others there that can help pressure. Carl Lawson being out is a huge loss. If they can get some pressure on Baker Mayfield, I think that's their really their only shot because they can't stop anyone. They can't stop Chubb straight up. So unless they're going to get pressure and kind of disrupt things at the line of scrimmage, I don't really know defensively how they're going to contain the Browns consistently. Yeah, and that's where Kitchen's been good. He's been trying to make things quicker. He's been, you know, rolling Baker out a little bit to offset to the deficiencies of the offensive tackle play. But, you know, look, this Bengals defense, if you go through it man by man, it's a nice group. I mean, I yeah. love the secretary with Kirkpatrick, Sean Williams, Jackson, Jesse Bates, a young kid, just 21 years old, finding his way in this league. Uh, you mentioned Sam Hubbard. There's a lot of nice pieces on this defense. Um, the key would be for the Bengals offense is, they got If I'm the Bengals' offense, and, and I, I look, I know AJ Green's important. You've got to try a way to find to run the ball against this Browns defense. It can be done, but the key is up until the Atlanta game where they were up big early. Greg Williams has not shown to rotate defensive line play. Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Garrett, these guys were taking a insane amount of reps. I mean, getting six, maybe seven plays off a game. So if you can run the ball and keep the game closer, even with a lead, Greg Williamson may go back to his tendency of just keeping these guys out there. And what do you do in that scenario? Keep running the ball. You know, power on them, lean on them. You know, make each play a little bit harder. Don't give them every opportunity to pin their ears back. If they can run the ball successfully, and the Browns have showed at times, you know, the run game has given them some difficulties. Greg Williams may not rotate out these, you know, star defensive line players, and then that's where you're going to, you know, you get into a problem and give yourself best where these guys are tired and you have the upper hand. But in the Falcon game, they got up early. Uh, Miles Garrett, I think, played 60% of the snaps. Ogunjobi, 60%. Some of the reserve defensive line players, one was up into the 30s in reps. So we'll see. I mean, this game and the flow of it could be decided very early by which team, you know, any team gets up by maybe, you know, seven, even 10 points. It could dictate how each team plays this game and handles the final 40, you know, 35, 40 minutes of the game. Yeah, I, I agree. And with that, let's, uh, it, all right to give a prediction? Is that all right? Can I ask you for a prediction or is it too soon? No, I mean, we'll give it. I mean, for the Browns, I mean, it's, there's, <laughs> I mean, we know who's there. We know who's not there. I mean, they're actually pretty healthy after the bye. I mean, they have a couple of guys on our designated to return, but nobody would be coming back this week. Uh, I think a lot of it does come down to A.J. Green. Um, I'd feel a lot more confident for the Browns if this game was actually home. But they are, I mean, they're riding a wave right now. They are. And, and I do see your point of, you know, Bengals up, back up against the wall. Andy Dalton, the established veteran. I mean, now, I mean, it's not just back up against the wall for the season. It's back up against the wall for the head coach. It's back up against the wall for maybe Andy Dalton's career in Cincinnati. Uh, I think we can stick with it. I think it could still be a close game. But, you know, I never like to give, like, you know, normal scores. If you wanted to say, Cincinnati pulls out 22 to 19. I could understand it, but you're going to get another 60 minute effort from this young Cleveland Browns roster, which has kind of been the case here from eight out of the first 10 games. Now, these guys are going to go bell to bell. They understand that, 
But if it wasn't in Cincinnati, I'd feel a little bit better. Um, but I, I just don't. I say, you know, Bengals by three, you know, a close game, though, throughout the 60 minutes. Yeah, I'm with you. And A.J. Green is a big factor in this. I think he's going to return. I think this Bengals team, this is a game they have to have. And it, I think they're going to get it. I, I think ultimately these two teams split. I have the Bengals losing to Cleveland up there. Uh, as of now, maybe they'll, they'll show me something over the next couple of weeks that changes my mind. But as of now, I can't see them sweeping the Browns, which I think they need to do. But I do think they handle business Sunday. I do think it's going to be close, though. The Bengals aren't good enough, one, to blow anybody out, even if they're a bad team. And the Browns certainly aren't a bad team. I think they're they're trending upward, and it'll be interesting to see um, how they fare for the rest of the season. He's Jeff Lloyd. I'm James Urbane. This is a Locked On Browns, Locked On Bengals crossover. Real quick, Jeff, uh, any parting words at the end of this podcast? I um, just want to wish everybody, you know, obviously a happy Thanksgiving, um, guys, uh, for my Locked On Browns listeners. Uh, we're going to have Dan Hope, who covers Ohio State. Uh, we'll get to a nice preview on Ohio State, Michigan, I understand. Obviously, part of this big weekend, which just makes it all the more better. Bengals, Browns, Sunday, Thanksgiving, tomorrow. And to all my Locked On Browns listeners, I, I hope you enjoyed James. Um, he is about to come to 92.3 The Fan here in Cleveland. You're going to get some excellent Indians coverage. You're going to get uh, somebody else here giving you some strong Cavaliers coverage. And like I've told you guys with Chris Manning, who does Locked On Cavs, I understand where you guys are with the Cavaliers. These are the same things I was going through a calendar year ago with these Cleveland Browns. Just have some faith, you know, stay the course. You got some young talent. Hopefully they develop and then everything can start to fall in place. But my Cleveland fans, guys, welcome James. Uh, he's going to be here soon. Really nice, kind words there from Jeff. A quick reminder to all the Locked On Bengals listeners, I ain't going anywhere when it comes to Locked On Bengals. I'm right here, okay? I'm right here all season long. But uh, it was fun to catch up with Jeff Lloyd and talk with him. We'll catch up with him again in a couple weeks when it's Bengals-Browns again. I'll be in Cleveland then. Still doing this podcast, though. I love you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening today. And uh, I, I don't think, I'm not 100% sure just if, if I'll be able to do a Friday podcast. As of now, I would say no. I hope to. Um, it really just depends. There's a lot going on. The good news is, as you heard my prediction here, uh, if there's any breaking Bengals news or anything like that, of course, we'll do an emergency podcast. Of course we will. But uh, either way, right. Rain, shine, cold, wind, loss, doesn't matter. Back at it Sunday with a post-game edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. I'm serious. Love every single one of you. Thank you for all of the kind words that you guys have had throughout this process. I've had so many nice emails and tweets. I appreciate all of you. Ain't going anywhere as far as this podcast goes. All season long, baby. Until, uh, until Sunday. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'm James Erpine. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.